0: business over drinks business over drinks this is Dave and Tom this is business over drinks this is business over drinks yep here we go is it recording yeah it's recording yes yes yes
1: Welcome to Business lunch. Over Drinks, and uh, this is where we are now an hour in, into the session. We started a session, we thought we were recording it, but I blame Tung. Uh We weren't recording it, we had so much good content.
0: Then David got distracted by a TikTok live video.
1: No, that was before we started anything.
0: <laughs> That's why I was late. Why don't, you, why, don't you tell, why don't you tell everyone who's listening about what the video is all about, man? It was just about business and... and uh, <laughs> anyway yeah so uh, we're starting a new reacts um, series where we're gonna actually react to like trending business topics and and conversations and just really interesting stuff even if it's not trending it's just really interesting we're gonna gonna, um, just react to it man because we have nothing else to do
1: and also because um, oh man Miguel is calling me but also I'll
0: call him back later oh well done well done yeah uh
1: so uh yeah so basically no one was looking for our opinions but we'll be giving you them anyway
0: because that's how we roll <laughs> Let's just jump straight into the first one man this is actually <laughs> I think this is a CNBC interview or something where uh one of a, a well-known um investor called Shamat Pali Pitya. From the u.s who actually got famous for really pushing specs when specs were a thing um in fact he started a fund around specs he started a spec that was worth about two billion dollars so as an investment vehicle and then he closed it down and gave two two billion dollars back to the investors because he couldn't find anyone to invest in so um anyway he was in singapore uh i think about a week and a half ago if i'm mistaken and he actually was uh did an interview, and this is what he said In Singapore this week, I had this great meeting with this young investor, really dynamic guy, and he was telling me about a company in
1: Indonesia. It turned out that this founder was literally running two parallel sets of accounting systems. And so he was showing a business and fundraising from this set, but the real books were over here and it looked a completely different system and it was basically like a Ponzi scheme. And he was telling me it's like impossible to root these things out. So What he said he relies on is like, you have to have a network when you're doing these frontier country deals where, you know, he says, I need to find at least 10 people that know this person so that there is sort of like a moral social proof and moral diligence that happens because that person will never try to commit something that egregious in the face of all of their friends. That's a mechanism of filtering this stuff out. But I thought that was a really interesting way of designing a diligence process in at least in a frontier market. I was in Singapore this
0: week. This- so this is actually not uncommon. I've seen stuff like this before. I actually experienced this in real life once. So just one time, it was insane. But I'll share the story there um, in a minute. But uh, he's, he also is man- mentioning something that they think that's quite interesting. Um, so we do a lot of KYC when we work with our clients because we have to understand or like, you know, kind of verify that they're legit. Otherwise, they'll just get some work done and then they won't pay. So we actually go and look for people who know them in the market or people who know them uh, personally. And then we use that as a form of KYC, which is know your customer. Um, anyway, I'll share a little bit about my experience with something very similar to this. So I worked in a startup uh, and, and I like worked for companies right before. And um, part of my role was actually doing investor decks with them. So I would take out like data and stuff like that and then uh, put together, you know, growth numbers and user numbers and stuff like that. And we would share it with investors. One time when I sent over the deck back to the founders for them to review, I got a deck back and they asked me to put something in. But when I looked at the deck properly, it was the numbers were all wrong. They basically multiplied all the numbers I gave them into 10, right? Just to make it seem like we grew a lot faster than we actually did. And when I asked them about it, they told me not to worry about it, just to put in the information and don't worry about it. But the thing is it has my name on it. So I was like, I can't have my name on something that is obviously fake. And so they told me, don't worry about it. It just took me off everything and i never did it again. But yeah, then, I mean, I've never seen something like that where, uh, that was my first experience actually, where I realized that um, startups and investors first of all investors do literally no in-depth analysis of the numbers and startups have no issue lying about the numbers whatsoever that's my first introduction to it
1: yeah well they say there are lies damn lies and then statistics right you can pretty much fudge a lot of stuff but how how often how common is this in uh in the startup scene in in singapore and is
0: or is it the same do you think all over the world I think it's probably the same all over the world, man. But I think in some su- in certain markets or for certain investors, I wouldn't say maybe maybe not market, but by investor, they're probably smarter and they probably do a ton of analysis and they do a lot of like deep dives into the data and the numbers and they actually look for verification of these things. Cause it's quite important to uh kind of know that whether your your portfolio company is lying or not. And then there are also investors, founders, and entrepreneurs who are just like really honest. And they're Or they have a great company. They don't need to lie. They're like, why would I fudge my numbers? My numbers are great. Mm. Here you go, right? So I think it, it depends on the company. I think it depends on the founder and it depends on the, the investor as well.
1: I mean, you can even get it in the highest levels of business, like Twitter, for example, right? If, if you believe if what Elon Musk says, they, they don't want to reveal the actual numbers of the users, of real users, right? Is that, is that still a thing?
0: Um. I think so, man. To be honest, I don't think they know the the real numbers. And let's also be fair, Elon Musk probably lies like hell. Like he just says crazy shit all the time, and then he just calls it, uh, you know, I was just playing, I was just joking and stuff like that. Mm. Dude's weird, man. I'm not a massive fan of Elon Musk.
1: Uh man, I like. Uh, I have nothing to say to that. But but <laughs> what what uh, like what Charlie Munger says, right? something along the lines of you only have one name in the world. So you, your reputation is your biggest asset. So integrity is really important. Well, I believe anyway, um, that's true, man. this stuff kind of gets found out in the long run, but I don't know who knows. Right.
0: I mean, Andrew Tate. So we'll see.
1: Um, <laughs> I want to, I want to show one now that's kind of trending and it's less about business, but I mean, we can talk about the marketing side of it, but I'm really excited about it, which is the, uh, it's pretty relevant and I think it's a bit of a hot topic now, so we should probably put this up sooner. Uh it's about uh, Ryan Reynolds talking about the new the new Deadpool 3 movie. So if you look at the last link I sent you, man, uh the Twitter link, someone mm-hmm. there was actually a guy, if you if you watch that the teaser, the second teaser by Ryan Reynolds, he actually has Hugh Jackman with him and they they talk about what's gonna be in the movie, but then they have a sound clip that kind of overrides what they're saying. Well, they actually had a professional voice, a lip reader, go on and and kind of translate it. What actually happens in our film is... these two. All right. And then they play a song and they drown out their voices and they're just messing around and saying a bunch of stuff and you can't hear it. So I'm going to do my best to lip read it. I don't think I got everything perfect, but I think it got uh, the gist of it pretty good. Here we go. These two... get out there. Yes. And he's like, and I'm just like, fucking, and I just fucking catch him. I, and I'm chasing a, him all over the place and we're going through and, and we're going to have all these massive, different places massive, and just
0: huge, huge yeah, and I've got explosion. the explosion.
1: And boom boom, 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 that's it. But I'm fine. Oops. I'm totally <laughs> laughing about it. And I'm it. alive too, but really get to see oh, this because yeah. We're in our prime. It's true. The prime. And what a way to make it up to you. (sighs) I'm so excited about this. You're just going to fucking love it. It's going to be the best. Thank you, Kevin Feige.
0: Love you, Kevin Feige.
1: Do you think they filmed that knowing that there'll be a lip reader out there? Probably, man. Probably.
0: Because I mean, they, they they made it super obvious, right? Like they were front-facing; they were saying words. People are yeah. just like deaf people will know exactly what they're saying, man, for the most part.
1: Yeah. So, so basically, mm. it's just film. They just filmed an action scene. They were just talking about what's going to happen and just having fun while doing it. Yeah, they're just messing around, man. They're fucking wrong, people. I love how Ryan Reynolds, like celebrities, now have their own channel to promote mm-hmm. their movies. Like Dwayne the Rock jo- Johnson talking about. Uh, What's that superhero name? Black should, Black Adam. Uh, Black Adam. Black Adam. Just promoting it. I'm guessing he gets a cut from the. He gets royalties from the film, and then Ryan Reynolds he gets, back
0: in. he gets back in for sure. Yeah,
1: he would, right? And then Ryan Reynolds. He's promoting his drink brand in in these teasers while promoting Deadpool three. So it's it's pretty awesome how things are cross marketing nowadays. I mean, I'm pretty hyped about it. I can't wait to see Logan again. Though, though, I thought they they should have finished it off. I thought Logan was gone. So, uh, I mean, Hugh, Jackman, Hugh Jackman's Logan
0: was already done in the multiverse, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. Well, I mean, this is the first time they're actually bringing them all into the Marvel Universe anyway. Yep. Deadpool never actually fully lived in the Marvel Universe and uh, X-Men never were in the Marvel Universe. So Bring it's in going quite together. interesting, man. Yeah. It's pretty quite cool. That was a very interesting thing to react to, man.
1: I just thought the, the marketing side of things was interesting, plus I'm a huge Marvel fan. Yeah.
0: Well, no, the marketing thing is fascinating, right? Because you, your own platform is what kind of drives traction now. It's like how, like Mr. Beast, right? Mr. Beast is yep. kind of the, he is his own marketing channel. If you, Mr. Beast could, he um, did you watch that recent video? I think we we'll, maybe I'll we'll do a reaction later, where uh, he was on Andrew Schultz's podcast, uh, Flagrant, right? Where he literally said, if he really wanted to, he could have had twenty thousand people march into Canada and just take over the country. Because at the launch of uh, Beast the Beast Burger Store in the mall, mm. he had twenty thousand people show up.
1: That was crazy. We'll put it up on the screen. But yeah, that was crazy. Uh, that was a that was a intense moment. And and you're right, Mister Beast Burgers. Like he is the brand. there's
0: so many people here and there's so much influence
1: like Ryan Reynolds right Uh, people go to movies a lot for the celebrities for the people and go to the brand for Mr. Beast imagine but what happens if Mr. Beast
0: is gone Uh, do you think he'll still keep living on uh no I don't think so because I don't think he has built a brand name like say an actor does right Hmm. like you remember an actor's name throughout yeah like for example, who talks about PewDiePie anymore?
1: Oh, I actually, PewDie- do. I have been but, recently.
0: But does does PewDiePie, for example, have that same level of impact that he would have had four years ago? Probably not. Probably yeah. not. So, Mr. B, it's the same thing. I, 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 for some reason, I think that there's a till they're relevant till they're not, right? So, like, Rome, like Roman Atwood, all those guys, all the big YouTubers from be, from beyond, like they're relevant till they're not. Roman Atwood still is kind of relevant because, but he changed his entire thing, like. I don't even know Uh, who that is. He was the guy who did the very first pranks. Oh YouTube pranks. He was the very first. One of the I think he's one of the first. And then he he um he disappeared off the face of the earth for a couple of years because he had a stalker who literally was falling around and threatening him and his family. So the FBI asked them to like not post anything for like for a year or something. They literally just lived, they hid away and just lived. But now he just posts wholesome content and stuff like I think he's a Joe's witness or a Mormon or something I forget
1: is it after that FBI incident no yeah. no
0: he he was he was already transitioning out of his like prank lifestyle because I think that that is no longer as popular as it once used to be
1: dude comedy has been a good springboard for some youtubers like Logan Paul for
0: example he he's been around for age more than a decade right yeah no but Logan Paul right like even to some extent his brother and all right like Logan Paul has always he He's not formulaic. He follows trends or he creates trends or he just kind of does his own thing and people follow. He's doing a really, really, really interesting project right now. I think it's called 99 Originals, right? Where he goes and he creates 99 original NFTs. So like pictures of stuff and he just sells it as NFT. So he's, for example, anything, something as simple as like taking a Polaroid of someone, Mm. or he creates an image that he really likes and he takes a Polaroid of himself or whatever. And then he sells an NFT that actually has intrinsic, uh, tangible value. So, for example, like on his podcast, um, shit, I forgot that Impulsive, right? Um, people who bought one of his one of his nine originals could get on, um, could get on his podcast and yeah. be a guest on his podcast. So, if someone bid three hundred thousand dollars for it, or two hundred fifty, or three hundred thousand dollars for it, to get on his podcast. Do you think
1: that's that's a scam? What? we're well, getting people to buy these NFTs
0: of his? But he's also doing some kind of pool, right? Like if he, oh yeah, it- so the the money goes into a pool. He he doesn't take it. So then that pool becomes. He's trying to create actual cash value, yeah, off the thing. Versus, for example, paying someone for an NFT, them taking the cash, and then that NFT is there, right? Then it's like artwork. Does the value go up and down? It depends. Here he's pooling the money into and creating actual tangible, well, it's crypto, so I'm not sure it's how tangible it is, but it's creating an actual pool of mm. value yeah, okay. around there. So that's when you're purchasing into that pool. I think it's all about trying to create tangible value from from um, within, within the community versus actually just trying to sell an NFT that... Mm is nothing other than a digital image and then they say oh it 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 goes up and down in terms of value like an artwork which is fine and fair that's tangible too but it's more like when you're actually putting cash behind it and into the community and and then creating a pool around it that that um, he's actually putting a dollar value to that you know, that tangible value
1: you know uh, who's, who else started from comedy is really interesting. Is Joji, right? Is that he pronounce it Joji? Joji? Oh, Joji, yeah, yeah. You're yeah. the one you introduced me to him. I had no idea he was. What
0: was his comedy name? Pink guy, Pink guy, and Filthy Frank.
1: He was so eccentric and
0: strange. I, I watched him retroactively, and now his music's brilliant. Yeah, no, I love his music, man. I was a big fan of Joji before I knew he was Pink guy and and uh, Filthy Frank. I've seen him live; it's pretty cool. So you just found out about him i mean that's that's kind
1: of a i guess no, that's we, we
0: all we all know um pink guy but like yeah. not not publicly like like we we all know pink guy because uh do you know the Harlem shake yeah that trend he started it. i started it oh shit he was the guy who did it because he but it was random because he literally filmed filmed it in his in his in his bedroom with some friends he had no idea what was going on. He just filmed it, thought they did something stupid because they didn't have a plan hmm. and then he uploaded it and went to bed. He woke up, and then it was like the biggest trend in the world.
1: yeah, damn yeah, uh, I didn't know that I had no idea that's where it came from and uh i mean I, I mean that's I guess that's one way some some streamers and famous youtubers can kind of transition and stay relevant. I guess maybe that's why one reason I he may have even said so. Mr. Beast is doing what he's doing now, like with Beast Burgers and his other brands, is just to stay alive beyond YouTube and beyond um, what he's, he's mainly known for.
0: No, do you know what the, do you know what Mr. Beast's most interesting um interesting uh business is right now? It's not beast burgers and I, and people have talked about this quite a lot, right? But his most interesting business, at least to me and maybe a few other people, is he has a translation service. So, you know, Mr. Beast in Espanol, oh, yeah, Mr. Beast that. in Portuguese. So what he realized was he was doing it for himself and he realized, why, why don't I just do this for other people and they mm. can pay me? So basically people pay him to do translation of their YouTube videos, so voice actors and everything. And it's done professionally, not just subtitles or like random stuff. It's like professional voice actors um, doing um doing your videos for you. It's kinda cool.
1: Should we watch I think we uh we shared some some Mr Beast clips we can talk about. I
0: don't I don't know where they are in our chat though. Oh yeah, we have we have a Mr Beast uh clip. Let me see. I don't think we shared it with each other. Do we? Anyway. Yeah. Um, you shared a video that said has Mr. Beast said the N-word. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Maybe, maybe we don't react to that.
1: Yeah, it's a, it's a funny one.
0: <laughs> All right, yeah, maybe. Yeah, maybe, sure we'll, maybe we'll react, we'll react to that later, man. Next time.
1: Yeah. Um. But yeah, it's very interesting, and I think uh, I, I'm a big follow fan of Mr. Beast. I love what he's doing. Um. Super generous. I Hope he gives me money one day.
0: He might, man. Fingers crossed. Like. What would you do if Mr. Beast gave you, like, not not like a billion dollars, but he gave you like 50k?
1: Yeah, I, I know you, man. You're going to invite me out. I'm just going to have a bender.
0: It'll be <laughs> gone by the next morning. <laughs> maybe not a 50k bender, maybe. But like, yeah, like you'll be really K stingy bender.
1: about it. You'll get me to pay for everything. <laughs> you'll still have the 50k. Oh,
0: okay. Just so that everyone's listening, Dave doesn't pay for shit.
1: <laughs> I pay for things, man. I pay yeah, for fitness. things.
0: You ain't paid for shit, man. Okay, so um, I sent you a really interesting one, which is uh, how to grow your how to grow to a million subscribers. The Joe okay. Rogan one. All right, let's watch that. Yeah, I thought that was really interesting. Also, because I mean, we don't have to watch the full thing, but we can just watch um as much of it as possible. It's also really long.
1: <laughs> so, like in summary, he's, just, he's a he's a health health expert, is he the the, the guest? And then he yeah, he, yeah. he had a podcast that started from from nothing essentially as a hobby, and then it became a one million plus subscriber podcast.
0: Yeah, one million subscribers. I think he's doing more and more. Uh, it's it's even bigger now, right? Um, it was really interesting because. Like it's called it's called Derek. He's called Derek from uh more plates, right? Uh, more plates, more dates. He's a fitness educator, entrepreneur between behind more plates, more dates. It's a YouTube channel, podcast, and a website. Right. Uh.
1: Yeah. the The main summary I got from that was that we just need to post more. I mean, we we took a lot from that. Whether we do what he said, who
0: knows. Probably but not, man. Probably not. <laughs> he no, said, but it's, it's interesting, yeah. right? Because like he, I mean, he talked about mini goals. And for example, and like, as you get bigger, your mini goals become slightly higher tier. They're still small goals, but they're higher tier goals now. Like, you know, anywhere from increasing your schedule of posting from like seven, once every week to once a day to twice a day, uh, then, uh, increasing number of channels that you have. I mean, it's basically things that we technically should know, but we just don't follow, yeah
1: so so you're saying like he you you do micro goals per day rather than just overarching you, you do the overarching goals and yeah. you also have micro goals and you adjust things per day yeah yeah okay
0: uh you and maybe not per day, but you adjust things as you as you reach different heights right yeah. so you make more make more money then your micro goals become like slightly higher it man no, no it's I mean, interesting we
1: can, yeah we we like we we' we're kind of and a much worse trajectory than he was, but he he, he found that when he, the, the more frequently he did his podcasts, the more viewers, which is the same with us, uh, which is something we need to be more disciplined with.
0: I mean, oddly enough, we're doing this, right? So it's a React thing, so we can actually do like a little bit more content there. Yeah. Talking about different stuff where we react to different things. I mean, g- kind of like give people insights and like short little snippets of interesting content out there. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think we don't talk to you guys, our our audience enough. So hopefully you'll get a lot more good content from us going forward. And uh, yeah, that's a good one.